0: And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM And as we continue with the show, we are going to go for
1: another clue for our quiz Alright, we're going to give some double clues right now
0: Yes, because when Mon comes on the show, we always give the time to Mon rather than to the quiz To the quiz So
1: here comes a couple of clues It's alright, we love Mon still we do. Here, we, here we, do. we go, here we go Who am I? We already know that this guy was called the Son of God Okay, in mm-hmm. Luke Luke chapter 3 Indeed <clears throat> In me all die, but in Christ all will be made alive. Uh-oh. Ooh. Who was called the Son of God, <sighs> but is clearly not Jesus Christ? Mm. Okay, here's another one. You ready? Mm-hmm. God cursed the ground because I listened to my wife instead of him. Oh, that's an important life. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Lawson, (laughs) be careful what you say next. (laughs) I just won't say anything. I'll just leave it. Back to you, Lyle. (laughs) Be very careful what you say next. Your uh, chances of marital bliss may be about (laughs) to vanish. Okay, so if you are listening in, and if you are listening to Lawson, and you are a young lady who is single, <laughs> then do take this into account. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> okay, we probably okay, should yeah move yeah, on yeah let's so let's, let's, let's Ch- do, change the subject so we Lawson. Let's do a while, we'll study. <laughs> to change the subject. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So yesterday we were studying about Revelation chapter eleven, and we were getting into the subject of the two witnesses. And in getting to the subject of the two witnesses, uh, we noted that they are often referred to in the Bible as being uh, Moses and Elijah. There was a number of reasons why, and of course Lawson is still laughing here in the background, but anyway, (laughs) get it together Lawson. We're having a serious subject about serious things here. Serious things. Yeah. Okay, so a number of reasons why they're often referred to, or often identified as Moses and Elijah. Number one, they have the power to call Mm -hmm. on fire from God. Uh Number two, they have power to shut the heavens so that it stops raining. Elijah did both of those. Mm -hmm. Number three. Three, they can turn water to blood. Moses did that. They can bring plagues. Moses did that, and they are prophets. Yep, both Moses and Elijah were prophets. And so, a lot of people look at these identifying characteristics and go, "Okay, clearly this is Moses and Elijah. Mm-hmm. They're coming back to this earth, and they are going to, you know, continue ministering here on this on this earth for this three and a half year period that the Bible speaks about." Mm. Um, as we move on further through the prophecy, I haven't actually read that that far into the prophecy yet. However, they are not Moses and Elijah. Mm. There are a number of reasons why we know this to be the case. First of all, I want to point out that there is nowhere in the passage that they are named as Moses and Elijah. Yeah. So anyone who is going to be dogmatic about, all oh, these must be Moses and Elijah, that is being dogmatic about something for which you have no biblical evidence. Mm-hmm. Secondly, and this of course makes it crystal clear, the Bible says that when Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus mm-hmm. on the mountain of transfiguration, that they appeared there uh, with him in glory, in glorified bodies. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that when we are resurrected, that our body will be made like Jesus' glorious body. That's in Philippians 3, verse 21. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 and 52 or 53, we find that when we are resurrected with a body that is like Jesus' glorious body, mm. that we are resurrected immortal. Yeah. Now, immortal simply means not subject to death. And one thing that you're going to find as we work Our way down through uh, this particular prophecy is that these two are killed. Mm -hmm. And an immortal person cannot be killed. No. So they're clearly not Moses and Elijah.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So then we wanted to find out who are they. Okay, so let's uh, let's go back to uh, Revelation chapter 11. Let's have a bit of a read. Revelation chapter 11. And let's find out what does the Bible say here.
1: Revelation chapter 11. Why don't you start for us in verse 4, please? Yeah, sure. The Bible says in Revelation 11 verse 4, These two prophets are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of all the earth. Okay, so the Bible tells you exactly who they are. Two
0: lampstands and olive trees. Two lampstands and the two olive trees. Mm -hmm. So here's what we know. The Bible describes them as lampstands. The Bible describes them as witnesses. The Bible describes them as prophets, and the Bible describes them as olive trees. Mm-hmm. If you work your way through those descriptions and ask yourself, what do these four descriptions all have in common? Well, the candlestick we know is a symbol of the Word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet mm-hmm. and a light unto my path. The candlestick is a symbol of the Word of God. Witnesses, the Bible says, that we shall be his witnesses of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Witnesses are people who share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke 24, verse 27, we find that prophets are those who teach the scriptures. Yes. So the word of God, the gospel, the scriptures. And the, then, of course, if you go to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, the Bible, this is the only place in the Bible where it talks about the two olive trees and tells you what they are. And in verse 6, the Bible tells you that the two olive trees are the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so you've got two witnesses here that are the Word of God, and we ask ourselves a very simple question – does the Word of God come to us in two parts, in two witnesses? Yeah. You have the Old Testament witness, which points forward to Jesus. Mm. You have the New Testament witness, which points back to Jesus. Both of them point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Very, very simple. Mm. Both of them point to, um, to to the Word of God. Mm. Okay, so now the Word of God is often described in the Bible as the Law and the Prophets. Yeah. And the law and the prophets is often referred to, or well, the law in the Bible is often referred to as Moses. Moses. Yeah. And the, in fact, the Bible is sometimes referred to as Moses and the prophets, mm-hmm. and in other places, the law and the prophets. Yeah. Uh, so you've got Moses <clears throat> symbolising, you know, the writings of Moses and the law and so forth, and you have the prophets, Elijah, symbolising the prophets. Mm-hmm. And so this is why they are related to Moses and Elijah. Now, when Elijah called fire. From God out of heaven, was Elijah making that fire himself? No. What was making the fire? The God. The Word of God. Yeah. Because that's how God makes stuff. Yeah. All right. When Elijah um, called on the atmosphere to stop raining, did Elijah stop the atmosphere from stop, ra- stopping raining? No. What did? God. The, 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 the Word, Word of, of God. God. Yeah. When Moses turned the water to blood, did Moses do that? No. What did? God. The Word, the word of, of God. God. That's yeah. right. He did it by His Word. <laughs> when Moses brought plagues, once again, it was the Word of God. Yes. And yes. we go on down through the list. Uh-huh. So this is very, very clearly the two witnesses that we find in the Word of God. Now, here's where the prophecy gets really, really interesting. Okay. Okay, so we're in.
1: Uh, Chapter 11, Mm -hmm. verse 5. Okay. The Bible says in chapter 11 and verse 5, If anyone tries to harm them, fire flashes from their mouths and consumes their enemies. This is how anyone who tries to harm them must die. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. (laughs) Um,
0: Those who try and harm the word of God, what does the Bible say will be their reward? Fire. Fire. Yeah. And how
1: does that fire come? It comes by the word of God. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Verse six. Okay. They have the power to shut the sky so that no rain will fall f- for as long as they prophesy. And they have the power to turn rivers and oceans into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they wish. Okay. This is a reference to the seven last plagues mm. where the rivers
0: and the oceans. There's not a plague, not, not a reference to the plagues on Egypt. Mm. This is the seven last plagues. Where the whole oceans are turned to blood and uh, we ask ourselves the question, how is it that the seven last plagues come? Once again, they come by the word of God. Mm-hmm. God speaks. It is done. It happens. Yeah. that's simple.
1: Okay. Let's read verse seven. Let's read verse seven. It gets more interesting here. Mm. When they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit will declare war against them, and he'll conquer them and kill them. Okay, let's stop there for a moment before we go any further. We have to get
0: some context for this. Your context is in verse 3. Yeah. Let's go back to verse 3.
1: The Bible says in verse 3, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap and will prophesy during those 1,260 days.
0: Okay, so your Bible says burlap. Mine says uh, something different.
1: You're listening to
2: Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Mine says sackcloth. Oh, yeah. Okay, so burlap or sackcloth was um, what you would wear if you were in mourning. This is a mm-hmm. symbol of mourning. This is a symbol of you know going through very, very difficult and challenging times. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that it takes place for 1,260 days. Yeah. This is a prophecy that is repeated seven times mm. in the Bible. Yeah. And it refers to the same period each time, 1,260 days a day f- Symbolizes what in prophecy? A year. So how long is this prophecy? 1,260 years. That's exactly right. And it talks about the period of 1,260 years of persecution of God's mm. people, which we often refer to as the Dark Ages. This was a time period in which around 50 to 150 million followers of God lost their lives yeah. because of their faith, because of their belief in Jesus Christ, salvation by His grace,
1: um, and you know, staying by the Word of God. Man, it's interesting how this passage just falls into place like so perfectly when you when you consider like you know okay who's involved, what's the time period? Um, because once we determine the two witnesses of the Word of God and that you know they're being persecuted during the one thousand two hundred and sixty days, you just have to look at that history yeah, of that period and and you just see it so clearly the the time in which you know the 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 leadership of the the Christian world was you know burning the Bible and it was outlawed to have the Bible in fact we only have the Bible today um, I've heard it said that we only have the Bible day, today because of you know the protection of, of the Christian church from Islam which is something we talked about you know this is, this we is Revelation true. chapter this is 20, actually true which is which is just insane it's like you know yeah the 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 Christian church as a whole persecuting the word of God itself. Like it's... There was a reason why the Bible
0: was uh, translated into Latin and that was because Latin was a dead language and they wanted Mm -hmm. to uh, keep it from the people. And so definitely, definitely, you know, here you have... The only way that you could get a copy of the Bible was to go to some very, very remote part of the world Mm. and then write it out by hand. Yeah. And then if you got caught with a copy... You were dead. Yeah, that, that you would. That was like capital punishment. You were the worst of the worst kind of criminal. This is why the Bible speaks about this period. You know, the Bible is prophesying in sackcloth, in mourning, in difficulty. Um, it is really, really struggling through this period. Yeah, and then the Bible says, and when they have finished their testimony in sackcloth, that is, mm-hmm. in other words, you come down to the end
1: of this twelve hundred and sixty years. Uh, then what happens? The beast comes up um, out of the bottomless pit and will declare war against them, and he will conquer them and kill them. Okay, so there's a beast that ascends out of a
0: bottomless pit. What is a beast a symbol of in Bible prophecy? A nation. Okay, so what you've got to look for is a nation that goes to war against the Word of God at the end of this 1260-year period, right? Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And we have to ask ourselves the question, was there such a nation? Did it do such a thing? And did that nation then have a massive impact on our world today? I guess we're going to see, right? We are going to see. We need to identify this particular beast. All right, because the Bible doesn't say which one it is. But it does give us some identifying
1: characteristics in verse 8. All right, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 11, and verse 8. And their bodies will lie in the uh, will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, the city that is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, the city where their Lord was crucified. Okay, so when we think about
0: this for a moment, the Bible gives you three different, uh, oh, sorry, two cities mm-hmm. and one nation that are going to help us to identify what this beast is. Okay, so it's going to be like all three of these things. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Excuse like. Jerusalem, Sodom, and Egypt. Jerusalem, Sodom, and Egypt. Now, when it talks about Jerusalem, it's not talking about Jerusalem, the holy city. Mm. It's talking about Jerusalem, the rebellious city. Yeah. Okay, so we've got to have that context very, very clearly in mind.
1: Mm. Okay, so we ask ourselves, uh, all right, first of all, what was Sodom known for? Uh, Sodom was known for just, well, it was known for a few things, but But just immorality.
0: When you think about Sodom, you generally think about immorality. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Let's go to um, Exodus chapter 5 and verse 2. Exodus 5 and verse 2. And look at the identifying, the key identifying characteristic with Egypt. Exodus 5
1: and verse 2. Lawson, if you could Mm. read that for us, please. Okay, the Bible says in Exodus 5 and verse 2, Is that so, retorted Pharaoh? And who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let israel go i didn't i do i don 't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go okay so he doesn 't recognize the existence of God mm-hmm. let me share with you something that will blow your mind
0: okay um, the Egyptians were atheists excuse me yeah it, uh, they had uh, thousands of gods and they were atheists okay so here 's basically how it worked mm-hmm. at the lower levels of Egyptian religion they had many, many gods mm-hmm. that they worshipped in many, many different ways mm-hmm. that were to them very, very personal gods who existed, you know, somewhere in the, you know, some of them in the afterlife, some of them in the atmosphere, some of them in the netherworld and so forth, mm-hmm. that controlled their lives on a day-by-day basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was your general population of Egyptian religion. Mm-hmm. The very high levels of Re- Egyptian religion, these were very highly educated people, and, you know, Pharaoh, of course, would have been a very much a part of that. And... They were atheists. Mm. So, what they did was that they believed that the most powerful force in the universe was nature. Yeah. And so, effectively, what they did was they worshipped the power of nature, mm. but they never recognized that power as being a personal being. Yeah. They used the Egyptian gods to personify the power of nature. That does not make nature an intelligent being.
1: Yeah, wow. Which makes them atheists. Which, Yeah, which is interesting. Like, paganism is yes, like... New Age today. You know, yeah, it's, you know, the sun is a god and the moon is a god. And it's like, we know from science, they're just big inanimate objects that That's right. just float around. And, and you find a lot
0: of people who are, are neo-pagans today or, uh-huh. or New Ages today who honour the power of nature, they don't actually believe in you know, the Mother Earth Goddess as being a personal being Mm. who thinks and acts and does things. No, 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 no. They're actually atheists who worshipping the power. And and, and ancient Egypt was exactly the same. Yeah. And that's why when Moses comes along and says, okay, God has said, um, you need to let my people go – Pharaoh's like, who's God? God doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, is like, mm, mm. I'm not going to take any notice of, you know, any yeah. fairy tale about some fairy tale existence of some God.
1: Fully. we, I think, uh, you know, in, in, in modern Western culture, we sort of take monotheism, like, and in the, in the belief that it's a God. as just like sort of a given that mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's people who believe that there's a God. But back in those days, it's like, oh, there are thousands of gods and, and you know, they're actually just different things in nature. So, yeah, that's, that's wild. Okay, so here's what you can to find about Egypt. Egypt in the Bible is known for its rejection of the notion
0: of God. Mm-hmm. And so we would call that atheism. So you've yeah. got immorality. You have atheism. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jerusalem, rebellious Jerusalem. What does it specifically say that Jerusalem does here? It says that they kill the Lord and leave him in the street. And that's interesting. Okay, so this is not talking about Jerusalem the holy city. This is talking mm. about Jerusalem the rebellious city where Jesus was crucified. In mm-hmm. other words, where Christianity was crucified. Mm-hmm. Um or you know, destroyed. So to speak, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 40, the king shall answer and say unto them, truly, truly, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. Mm. So we don't, we're not looking for a nation that is literally going to drag Jesus out of heaven and crucify him. Mm. No, 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 no. We're going to look for a nation that is going to crucify Jesus by crucifying the followers Mm -hmm. of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's what we've got so far. We have three key identifying characteristics. Yes. Atheism, immorality, and persecution of the followers of Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we have another of key another another a number of other key identifying characteristics that get even more and more specific. In fact, I'm going to add another one. Yes. We know that it comes at the end of the twelve hundred and sixty year period. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so for 1798. We, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a, if you've got questions on that prophecy, we have covered it a number of times before. That's the date for the end of the 1260 prophecy. And uh, happy to discuss that one with you off air mm-hmm. uh, because we have studied it a number of times. And we're going to study it again in the future, however. But for the sake of today's Bible study, we're going to assume it. So, atheism, immorality, persecution of God's people, and we have, of course, um, at the a time period, the end of the 1260 years. Now, the Bible says that this beast will make war on the Word of God and kill the Word of God, and we're going to come back after we listen to Anders Svensson to find out how that actually took place. I, just... I just... Faith FM, we're going to have another clue for the quiz because nobody snapped it up yet. No. Got you all scratching your heads this morning. Who was the son of God? Don't
1: you know who the son of God is in Luke chapter 3? Yep. Just clarifying that. Caveat. All right. (laughs) 1-800-324-843 is our number and you can call as soon as you know who this is. You ready? Cain and Abel are my two sons. Oh, okay. Okay. I was about to uh, (laughs) announce a really cool prize. Well, there is actually
0: a really cool prize. Why don't we give this one away? Is called um, How to Survive Armageddon by John C. Brunt. Um, great little book right there. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to know how to survive Armageddon, then uh, answer the clue for the quiz. That one was a little bit too easy. Yeah. <laughs> way too easy. I don't even know why you read that one. But anyway, <laughs> uh, what do we do? What do we do? We're just too generous here on Faith FM yep. because we love you guys. We love you guys. We do. Amen
1: absolutely so give us a call 1-800-324-843 <laughs> you will get a prize but like we, we were are looking about- for the
0: identity of this particular beast mm-hmm. this particular beast that is like Egypt Sodom and rebellious Jerusalem that arrives at the end of the 1260 year period mm. and it attacks the word of God because if we go to Revelation chapter 11 and verse 7 the Bible says that this beast shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them and their dead bodies will lie in the Street of the great city, um, which is called Sodom and Egypt, Mm. where our Lord was crucified, and those of the people, and kindreds, and tongues, and nations shall see their dead bodies three and a half days and will not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves and those that live on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those that lived on the earth and after three and a half days the spirit of the spirit of life from God entered into them they stood on their feet and great fear fell upon those which saw them. Okay, so there are a number of specifications that the Bible gives here, very, very specific ones. The Bible says that they're going to be killed in this particular city, in this particular nation, mm. symbolized by this beast. Yes. And they are going to be dead for three and a half days. What does a day symbolize in Bible prophecy? A year. So for three and a half years, mm. exactly,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yes. And then they will come back to life again. Mm-hmm. Then there's another specification. The Bible says that they that the people of the earth will have a celebration of rejoicing over their death. That sounds a bit like Christmas, doesn't it? <laughs> they're actually going to send gifts yeah. to each other, yeah, that's in wild. celebration of the death of these two mm-hmm. witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so it's pretty full on, right? Yep. Now those are really, really specific mm. requirements, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, so we've already identified who the two witnesses are, Mm. the two witnesses to Jesus Christ in the Old and the New Testament. Mm. We need to ask ourselves the question, if you come down to 1798 and that time period right there, was there any nation who did all of this really bizarre stuff? And the answer is absolutely categorically yes. Yes. Okay, and that nation is... France. Ah, France. Yeah. France. Yeah. Okay, so we're all of our French listeners this morning. Sorry. Um, here, comes a bit of, <laughs> here comes a little bit of history. I'm sure you know it better than what, uh, than what we all do. Mm. But France had a revolution. Yes. It's called the French Revolution. Surprise, yes. surprise. Okay, so the French Revolution, let's think about the French Revolution. The French Revolution abolished God um, mm. by force of legislature. Yes, you know, they they actually you know um, did away with the existence of God. They created a society that was atheistic. Mm-hmm. Um, they replaced God with the goddess of reason. Mm-hmm. They personified the goddess of reason by um, finding one of the local prostitutes and uh, dressing her up very sensually, and uh, and essentially having a worship service based mm-hmm. around you know this uh, this particular um, lady. Now of course it was France the reason that this happened in France was because France had rejected you know some of the greatest reformers that had ever come to the world during the reformation era mm. and bitterly bitterly persecuted the huguenots who had Um, stood for Jesus Christ and for the Bible, and they had gone backwards into the darkness of the dark ages of Catholicism until thinking people could not stand that anymore. Mm. They could not see a solution in Protestantism, and so they saw the only solution as being in atheism. Yeah, wow. And so they rose up against this dark ages mindset that was ruling supreme in France and, you know, threw off the shackles that had bound them, you know, not with a revival of piety, but with a torrent of blood. Yeah. And the French Revolution, you know, has just, you know, you, you, you think about Pol Pot or Rwanda or I don't know where about, about some of the more recent great genocides that have taken place. This was, this was right up there. It, it uh, is often seen as being the mm. first of the great modern genocides. Yeah. Okay. On the 10th of November, 1793, the convention dressed up a donkey, loaded it with symbols of Christianity and tied the Old and New Testaments under its tail. It was then led in mock procession. The crowd piled books of devotion into heaps and burned them to ashes amid blasphemous shouts. A prostitute was enthroned as the goddess of reason and the guillotines never stopped. Mm. Okay, now we have to ask ourselves about this uh, very specific um, period of three and a half years. On the 23rd, November 23, 1793. you got to watch these dates. They're yeah. right on time. Uh, November 23, 1793, the French government enacted a law banning Scripture, banning the Bible from France. Yes. The Bible was banned on the 23rd of November 1793 on june 17, ninety seven exactly three and a half years later, guess what happened? There was a resolution to have the scriptures restored mm-hmm. and introduced into the assembly yes, and so then what you have uh, coming straight on the back of that is the world is watching on the world is horrified by what takes place in France. They recognize that you know this you know this spreads, and of course um, the French Revolution was the foundation of communism mm. Uh, yeah. So all of your oh, all of fully. your all of your communism that came thereafter, uh, and this is what you have um, when you get when you place equality over freedom. Mm. Equality over freedom is communism. Equality over freedom is um, is uh, is is the French Revolution, right? Mm. That's that in, by definition. Um, And so, yeah, you've got from there on, you have the establishment of the first Bible society in 1802, from which the Bible has then been translated into nearly 4,000 languages Mm. with another 2,000 in progress. Um, You know, probably 90% of our population have the Bible in their mother tongue, and those who don't have it in their mother tongue speak English anyway. Yeah. The whole world speaks English these days. Um, Praise the Lord. Yeah. So good. And so this prophecy Every specification of this prophecy was exactly fulfilled. And by the way, when they banned the Bible from France, the day that they banned that Bible became a day of national celebration and gift giving, similar to Christmas. Yes. Just as the Bible said it would. And so when Man, you look at some of the great movements wild. of you know modern times that are affecting our world and have affected our world so powerfully in recent decades, movements such as Islam and and communism, um, you find that these are a part of Bible prophecy. God is mm-hmm. not ignorant about what is going to take place at the end of time and God has included all of these in uh,
1: in end-time uh, prophecies. Man, that's just insane. I'm like mind-blown. Like the, Yeah. Like God, you said, God is, is not ignorant. He, he is not ignorant. He does not leave oh, anything out. Man, that's so cool. So that brings us so to the cool. end of our...
0: Um, Two prophecies in parentheses. Mm. So, two prophecies coming in that time period um, around the sixth trumpet, but separate from it. And so, tomorrow we get back to the seventh trumpet, and we finish off the prophecy of the seven trumpets. This is Caitlin Clampett with Love Lifted Me. Right here on Faith FM Pastor Blake, what is happening in Raymond Terrace? Well, our church is having the grand opening Of our brand new facility Awesome! When is it? 9th of March, 2019 And it starts with breakfast at 9am And there's going to be waffles And everyone's invited 45 Williams Street, Raymond Terrace Which is just beside Raymond Terrace Marketplace Be there
2: Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Happy Hearts is a
3: free
1: community craft program for kids aged one to five, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school
0: term from 9:30 till 11.00 a.m. at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wondern North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids, and the mess stays with us.
2: <laughs>
3: How deep the Father's love for us. beyond all
0: But guys, that was Sila with "How Deep the Father's Love for Us." You listen to Faith FM. We are about to have question of the day. Mm-hmm. What have you got for
1: us there, Lawson? All right, Lyle. Yes, the question <laughs> of the day is: Is heaven real or is figurative? It-
0: Okay, this is a really good question. Heaven is a very real place full of real people doing real things. And so let me share with you just a very small snippet of some of the things that the Bible talks about in relationship to heaven. Let's begin in uh, 1 Corinthians. And we will go over to, let me just see here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, I think I wrote that one down wrong. Uh, I did, I wrote the wrong verse down. But anyway, the Bible says this. Maybe a second Corinthians, man. Flick over the second Corinthians very quick. Is that... uh that kind of rings a bell. Second Corinthians, here it comes. Chapter 12. Let's go down here to, yeah, um, verse 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelation to the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. So that's heaven where God lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes on and he says that he saw paradise in verse 4 and heard unseen speakable words which is not lawful for a man to to utter. He also says in another place that I has not seen, he has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who are true and faithful to him. <clears throat> okay, so Excuse me, just trying not to sneeze right here. If we go over to the gospel of John, the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 14. We find that Jesus speaks about heaven and he says this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, so he calls heaven his Father's house, are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to my Father's house to prepare a mansion for you. And if I go and prepare a mansion for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So the Bible speaks about you know the father 's house, the Bible speaks about the New Jerusalem, and if you want to get a description of the New Jerusalem and heaven, just read the last two chapters of Revelation and it gives you the most amazing detailed description that you can even begin to you can 't even begin to imagine what it is that you were looking at so yes, heaven is a very, very real place. Not only is it a real place, but it is a place where real people are going to live. If we go over to Philippians chapter three and verse twenty-one, the Bible says that our bodies our vile bodies were changed and fashioned it like unto Jesus' glorious body. So real people in heaven with real bodies. There's nowhere in the Bible that talks about, you know, uh, bodiless ghosts floating around in heaven. Those Bible verses do not exist. If we go over to Matthew chapter 8, once again, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11, the Bible says, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, whereabouts in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. So in heaven, not only will we have real bodies, we will be real people, we will recognize each other, we will know each other, we will have very, very real experiences. So a real place. With real people doing, this is our next point real things. Isaiah chapter 64, we read this during the intro to today's uh, um, subject um, show. It says, And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. If you turn over the page, you find that it says in verse 22, It shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, says the Lord. So yes, heaven is a very real place full of people doing very real things, people that can recognize each other. Paul says, then I will be known even as I am known right now. In other words, when we get to heaven, we will be able to recognize each other. I will be able to walk up and say, hey Lawson, nice to see you here. You will know who I am. I will know who you are. We will be able to have a conversation about things that we have in common. Maybe we'll get to talk about talking to you here on Faith FM. Wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Make sure that you come and introduce yourself sometime if you are a listener. Uh, We would love to meet you in heaven one day Mm. and uh, talk about the good times that we had on earth and how God has blessed us in so many different ways. Mm. The Bible says that we will long enjoy the things that we create, the things that we build, the things that we do. Uh, The Bible gives us a picture of a mansion and a country house where we can uh, serve God together. City Light with Grace here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show. We have a book to give away. What is it that you have dragged out of the gift box today for us there, Lawson? Okay, so our book
1: is called Love's Lies and God's Replies. Okay. Yeah. So this is a book by Dustin Hall. The reason I picked it is because we're talking about heaven. Yes. And how amazing heaven is going to be you know when there's no no longer um well first we're going to have you know new glorified bodies and and whatnot and we're going to be just living our best lives um but no longer will there be the breakdown of relationships which is such a such a plague on this earth you know the, the struggle of 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 you know things gone bad in a relationship between two people and and this book is essentially it's about that um it's about you know love between different people or between a husband and a wife how how it can become broken broken down due to the misconceptions of love that's why it's called love loves lies firstly Mm -hmm. uh but then you know reflecting that against god's definition of love and how you can go through those things and and how God can help you with it. So it's it's an amazing book it's by Dustin Hall published by Remnant Publications. And yeah, it's you know about about 150 pages and you'll love it. You Fantastic. There you go. Book. Give us a call right now. 1 eight hundred three two four eight four three 324 843 is the
0: number, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Be the first caller through. And mm. this is your book. So that number again, here it comes. If you have your pen and paper handy and you are ready to write it down or type it into your phone, 1 800 324 843. First caller through gets Love's Lies, God's Replies. Don't forget here on Faith FM, we love to encourage people to study the Bible and we have about 17, 18 thereabouts, different courses you can do through the Discovery Center. So give us a call and we can make that happen for you um, right here on Faith FM.
3: Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look for.